Thanks for joining us for our Pull Up a Chair podcast. I believe this is episode three. My name is Ryan Smallwood. I'm the lead pastor here at Aldersgate Church. And today my guest is Nathan Teeters, who's also our college pastor here, but you'll get to hear more about him in just a second. And uh, Pull Up a Chair is designed to talk about topics that the church is often hesitant to talk about. And uh, let me remind you as we begin the podcast that the thoughts that are shared here today may not uh, express my thoughts or those of Aldersgate Church. Um, But let me also remind you that even though we may not all think alike, we can all love alike. And so, Nathan, it's good to have you on the podcast with us today. So, Nathan Teeters again. Man, we are so excited here at Aldersgate that you come on board as our college pastor, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that, but then also Nathan Teeters' ministry. And so, um, man, just give a shout out. Tell us a little bit about what's happened with Nathan Teeters' ministry in 2020. Well, thanks for letting me. I feel like we're on a talk show. Uh, So, so, uh, thanks for bringing me on. So, um, yeah, so I've been traveling full time for the past five years. Uh, mainly doing student events, um, love doing it. Um, yeah. uh, started off doing some small stuff and now it's getting to grow and I still do some small things and, um, but just love students, love the energy behind it. Uh, you've been here several times with our students. Yes, our sir. students have gotten to, to know you well. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, I know you travel a lot of different places yeah. across the, the nation, really. Yeah. Got to go to Canada. So Canada. that, that officially made me an international speaker. Now you're an speaker. international speaker. So I wouldn't put that on my website, you know, travel, I'll travel, tra- <laughs> uh, do international stuff. So, Hey, these days, anytime you can cross the border, that's a win, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, because, that's right. I mean, that's not happening very much. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what's happened with Nathan Teeter's ministry due to COVID and 2020. Yeah. Uh, my whole summer, whenever this first happened, uh, got totally canceled. And then there Which was, I'm assuming was booked. Like, it was completely it was booked, booked solid. Um, and so that got, uh, canceled. And then when it looked like things were going to open back up a little bit, we rescheduled it again and then it all got canceled again. And so I ended up doing uh, two camps, which I was very thankful for. Cause I know a lot of people there, they didn't get rescheduled. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's look, I've booked a couple of events, uh, this past week for, uh, t- 2021 if we make it there. So we're all looking forward to flipping that yeah, calendar from December right. to January. <laughs> like there's something magical about yeah, that, but yeah, still yeah, yeah. looking so. forward to the new year. So, uh, and in the meantime, I guess, um, we, we introduced you or we, we entered into a conversation with you and, um, through prayer, introduced you as the college pastor here yes, at Aldersgate. And so you're doing that on a part-time basis mm-hmm. for us. So you can still continue with Nathan teachers yes, ministry sir. and travel internationally, yeah, wherever, international travel, wherever yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the college ministry here and the, and the vision for the college ministry yeah. here. So it's, it's been interesting because going from traveling and doing events to, uh, pastoring, um, is totally different. So preaching and pastoring are just two different things. Um, one of the perks of getting to travel was, was I was getting to preach. Um, this is different. It's, it's on the ground. It's, uh, more like farming. Um, <laughs> um, definitely, uh, but God's been faithful. It's been really cool to see over the past five years making relationships with students, not knowing that those students were going to launch this college ministry with me. And so that first night, whenever we said we're going to do it, I didn't know if anybody was going to come. And it was literally when the people started showing up, it was just relationships with students that I've created over the past five years. So that was been, that's been really cool. That just shows how God uses those seasons um, that you don't even know 
um, how he's working things out. He's working things out maybe for something different. And so it's going great, man. We got some crazy stories, some great stories. I yeah. know some people get, wanting to get baptized and things like that, but um, it's going, it's going great. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we'll circle back around with you on that yeah. sometime and talk about some of the stories that are happening through the college ministry. Uh, yeah. You've got a great core group of people who are already very familiar with you. And, um, but it's been exciting to see uh, new people come in um, in the, in the process and, um, get to hear some of their stories and, and their things. And just, uh, I, I just can't, I mean, I'm already excited about what's happening, but I'm looking forward to what, what's coming yes, as sir. well. So really glad to have you on board with us. So, um, man, um, so let, let's just jump in today. Uh, you, you're a, you're a very, I mean, you travel because you're a very gifted preacher. Uh, by the way, I like your illustration about farming. There's a big difference yeah, between yeah, being yeah, a preacher sir. and being a pastor, yes, but, sir. um, yeah, you're you're a very gifted preacher, very gifted speaker. You connect really well uh, with with everyone, especially students. Um, and um, I've heard you uh, preach several times, and um, sometimes in your preaching, I, I hear you allude to or refer to um, uh, some struggles that you've had uh, over over the years with mental illness. Yes, sir. Um, even um, I've even heard you tell a little bit about a. Uh, suicidal ideation um, and um, just just your struggles in that area. And uh, the reason we brought you onto the podcast today is just to let you uh, speak to us a little bit about that. Um, again, this Pull Up a Chair podcast was designed to talk about issues that the church sometimes skirts away from, not because we don't want to deal with it. It's just sometimes we don't even know how to deal right, with it, really. Right. And so... Um, but I, but I know that this is part of your story, and so I really appreciate you being willing to come yeah. on the podcast today to to talk to us about that story, yeah. to to open up and be vulnerable about it because I know that's not easy. Um, but I also know that um, what what you have to share is 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 going to um, be very valuable for a lot of people today and and listening to this podcast. And so uh, with that, I, I just I'll just open it up to you. And yeah. so um, tell us uh, in your own words a little bit about your own struggle in this area, and um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, this is something I'm always happy to talk about. Um, I think that sometimes there's a um, stigma and gloominess around it, like we, we don't need to talk about it. But I think. Um, any chance I get to, whenever I'm preaching, get to share that part of my story, um, it always opens up doors for people who are struggling with the same thing. Mm. And uh, Have you run up against closed doors? Well, if you go into a lot of different places and mm -hmm. speak. Have you ever had anyone tell you you can't talk about suicide or? Um, not with, not in those words, but I have, I've had people afterwards kind of say, hey, with that, we should probably stay away from that. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm, I'm gentle with knowing what the crowd is. So if it's a bunch of 13 year olds, I'm not going to give really deep details. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I think once they see the fruit of people coming to the altar and saying, I struggle with it too, um, then that's powerful. But I, I hadn't got a lot of pushback on yeah. it. So, yeah. um, I just remember even, even younger, just, I'm, I'm a big feeler. And so, um, Lots of times you walk into a room and you can just kind of feel eh, something's off. Um, uh, wake up in the morning, uh, something, something's weird. Um, and so I've always been that way. Um, I remember, and we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, I remember um, it was the second grade was my very first experience with um, some dark, dark thoughts. And as a second grader, you think, what in the world? Um, I just had this thought in my head that, that wasn't of me. And so I can remember this going on for a long time. 
um, I had a move from La Mesa to Big Spring. Uh, that was going into my freshman year that really uh, I didn't transition well out of that. I missed my friends. I didn't have new friends. Went through a lot of weird stuff that first month of school. Um, and so September 11th, 2001, uh, had nothing to do with the, the day. It just happened to be um, the day that I decided, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, attempted uh, suicide. And uh, yeah, and how, remind me, how old were you at that point or at that time? Uh, thir- 13, okay. 14. So a teenager. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and thankfully didn't work. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, thank goodness. But I just remember waking up the next morning knowing there should have not been a way I was awake Hmm. and waking up. And I remember vividly having a conversation with God where God just said, "Uh, you've got a purpose. I know you have a lot of pain. I know you're hurting, um, but you have a purpose. You have a plan. And so I said, okay, I'm I'm, I'm in it. And uh, from that on, that point on, never struggled with suicide again. Um, There's nothing within me that that thinks that's an option anymore. Um, But the depression kind of stuck and went through seasons of, of uh, just feeling that, that depression. And I think there's a difference between sadness and depression and everyone gets sad. Um, but the, de- this depression is like, it gets in your, your soul. It kind of latches onto you. Um, I think that some people can go through depression based off of something bad happening, like a traumatic experience and uh, depression is a result. I've never had that. Mm-hmm. My life has been fine. My parents love, you know, our great parents uh, grew up in a Christian home, was in church all the time. Um, so it wasn't anything like that, but I think that's why it made it so frustrating for me because I couldn't pinpoint how to fix it. I would look at it and say, man, I'm just feeling this way and there's no reason for me to feel like this. And uh, so I went to some counselors and, and got some help, uh, got put on some medication just to kind of take the edge off, um, which I'm a a proponent for I don't I, sometimes the miracles of medicine right I, I think that uh, seeking help like that is is a is a win and uh but it was just seasons of of uh, depression and I'd go in in it in of it into it and out of it um, I had two really big episodes after that one was after a pretty uh, pretty bad breakup for me um, and then another one just just hit me uh, after Christmas a couple years ago just driving and it just got in my soul. Nothing happened. And it was just seven days of just fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, Thankfully now um, I've gone through it enough. I know how to fight. And I think that was the biggest difference was I didn't know how to do things to fix it. Mm. Um, But now I know helpful ways and and things like that that kind of make it easier. Um, And I know how to handle uh, or manage it a little better than I used to. Well, again, thanks for being willing to, to share your story, your personal journey. And I, we definitely want to get to the how to fight yeah. stage. Um, but can you back up just a little bit and tell us uh, dark days, being in those spots, like for someone who doesn't understand depression, mm. what, what's that like? And I, I mean, it may be different for everyone, but for you, what, what what's that dark time like? It really is. Uh, and maybe this is a bad way of putting it. It's, it's just gloomy. Everything is uh, everything is dark. Um, you don't want to talk to people. You don't not want to talk to people. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to lay in bed. You're just in this thing where you just can't um, you can't find joy. Mm. Um, and even and, and 
this is something I'll, I want to talk about, and we can do this later. But the difference between joy and happiness, right? You can you can find happiness, but the joy is really what you're looking for in depression because happiness fades. Um, and so you uh, just those seasons of not being able to find joy, not wanting to do anything, um, knowing what to do, and just not wanting to do it. And if and if I heard you right, you said that. Um, these episodes that you've experienced may not be triggered by anything. Right. Like, so there, there wasn't an event, there wasn't a, a, a circumstance or like you just began to feel these, this gloominess or, or this way. I, I think that's important for people to, I, I think sometimes we, we feel like it has to be situational, mm-hmm. but I think what I hear you saying is it's not necessarily situational. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think that's what people who don't struggle with mental illness don't get is, how can you be this way? There's yeah. there's nothing happening in your life. Your life is great. Like yeah. you said, you've, everything's great for you. Everything's going your way. How can you feel yeah. this way? Yeah. Yeah. Go, so let's go ahead and go back and circle back to the joy and happiness okay. thing, because I think that's a great conversation to have. Um, I just think those are two totally different words, uh, total different meanings. I think the world wants happiness mm. and uh, will do anything to get it. But the problem with happiness is it fades. And so I can get something and it makes me happy, but that's only going to last for a little bit. Um, joy is everlasting, right? And so that's becoming from preacher to preacher. Our worldview is Jesus is joy. Right. You can find joy in every season. We understand that joy is a person. Um, happiness, you need more. Um, joy says you're enough, mm. All right. So happiness, I need more of this. I need more of that. I need um, this and that. And uh, joy is, no, in every season, whether good or bad, I can have joy because I have Jesus. Mm. Um, I read in on a billboard. It was uh, like a drive-through, uh, like a drive-through. Go pick your, your beer up. Well, I don't know what those are called. Uh, but <laughs> on the we're preacher to preacher, yeah, we don't, yeah, know. We don't we, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but on their sign, it said, uh, "Happiness is found in the bottom of a bottle." And I remember driving, and I was thinking, "What an interesting quote." And then I felt like God said, "They're right. You could find happiness. You just can't find joy." Uh. And uh, joy is that thing that uh, sustains me. Um, and joy, I, as cliche as it says, joy is a, cho- a choice. Um, I can choose to be joyful mm-hmm. um, in every circumstance because it's not dependent on what I have. It's dependent on who has me right. and who is in the situation with me. Right. Um, understanding that I'm not in this alone. Um, I, I say this all the time and people think I'm joking that my favorite Bible verse is Jesus wept. Um, I think it is the most powerful, um, one of the most powerful uh, scriptures, um, because we serve a Jesus that felt, that that empathizes and sympathizes with us, and so that lets me know, man, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this because joy is with me, not because happiness is. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's so good. So finding joy in the middle of some of those gloomy times. So can you elaborate yeah. on that a little bit for yeah, us? Yeah, I think that there's like some things that go to things for me, um, that can help, uh, help me kind of get out of that funk, um, and back into joy is, um, I just don't sit in it. Mm-hmm. That that's, I think our, our biggest people who struggle with it the most, I just find they're sitting in it instead of moving through it, um, walking through it. Um, even though I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with, you know, Go through it. Mm. Um, so finding helpful ways, finding helpful things to do. Um, one of those things for me is I tell somebody about it. Um, for the past eight years, that's been my wife. 
she's my biggest uh, fighter for me in that area. Um, it's usually just a text um, because usually when I'm in that spot, I don't want to talk. Um, I'm not likely going to go up to her and say, hey, I'm depressed today. So it's usually a text. Hey, I need your prayer today. And she knows, OK, he's having it. He's having it's a hard day for him. Um, but talking about it gets you out of that. Um, I think there's maybe some practical things like uh, for me, exercising gets me out of it. But the only time I exercise is when I'm depressed. So if you ever <laughs> see me working out, just start praying for me, man, because, you know, he's in it. Um, but look, going outside, get just not sitting in that situation. Um uh, can I think those are some, can be some helpful things? Yeah, I think those are I think those are so key. Um, how do you like in the middle of it? How do you find the motivation to do those things? Like, is yeah. this something that you like? You said you text your wife. Mm. Is this something that you have to know before you find yourself in one of those gloomy times? Like, is that something you have to have a plan ahead of time, or how do you motivate yourself to do that in the middle of it? Sometimes you can. I can feel it coming on, and uh, I've just learned now to fight it. So if I feel those things coming on, I feel those um, temptations to retreat and um, to isolate, um, then yeah, then I'll tell her and we, we can fight it. Um, but one of the big things God told me, uh, this was two years ago, was really shifting my perspective on how I view my depression. Um, and it's not, like I said, it's not a constant thing. It's, it, it, it gets better every day, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but this was something that he told me a couple of years ago. He said, for every trial, I want you to see a table. So when you're in that middle of that depression, understand I'm setting up a table um, because I'm there with you, mm. a table with you in the presence of your enemies, a table that because I'm always with you, I'm always here. I'm not a God that is outside of it trying to get you through it. I'm in it with you, carrying you through it. Um, that is a constant source of joy, right? That's a constant source of joy uh, to be able to understand this has a purpose, um, but the purpose is to go through it. Um, I've learned things in my depression that I would have never learned if I hadn't gone through it. Um, do I think God gave me that depression? Absolutely not. It's from the devil. Um, but guess who healed it? Jesus, mm. right? So um, there's lessons that I've learned uh, going through it that I would have never learned without going through it. Yeah. Yeah. So much richness there. Um, especially in terms of learning in the Valley, that's typically where we do most of our, of our learning, but your comment on, we don't stay there. We, we pass through it. Mm -hmm. So, so powerful. Um, you know, uh, the time we're airing this podcast, it, we're heading into the holiday season. <laughs> and and this is not really a normal holiday season. We're heading into a holiday season uh, in a year that's just been full of craziness. And, um, you know, uh, COVID this year, I mean, has the what we're hearing is just the rates of mental illness are skyrocketing, depression, anxiety going through the roof. Um Suicide. I, I listened to a report on the radio the other day where suicide rates are up 30% mm. right now. Um, and that is heading into a holiday season where we know most of those things tend to go up and mm. escalate. So, uh, man, my heart is just heavy right now for, for people who are suffering. And uh, I wonder if you could just shed a little light. You've been really good to tell us some things that you can do when you find yourself in that place. Um, can you shed a little light on people who may feel like they're the only one yeah. 
um, that's dealing with this, or they're the only one who feels this way, or the only one struggling with this right now. Yeah, I think that's the biggest tactic of the enemy is to make you think you're alone. Um, I think that that some of this, like these conversations, are so important because we're showing there's there is a place for this. Uh, conversation. There's a place for this in the church. Um, and I think a lot of people isolate because they feel like they can't go and talk to someone because they are the only one. But I'm amazed, as I pointed to this earlier, every event I do, I usually will do an altar call for people who are struggling with depression. And I say, if you are struggling with depression, I want you to come to the front. Everyone's looking. Uh, you know, I want you to be brave and I want you to, to come to the front. There's this weird moment for about four seconds where nobody moves. And then one brave kid stands up, and then it's a flood to the altar. I mean, 50, 60, 70 kids uh, struggling with it. And it's that it's in that moment. It's one of my favorite moments because I went out and I have them look at each other and say, now look around. I said, you, you thought you were you were the only one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, now we're family. Now we can fight together. Now it's been exposed that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that moment where you can just find a faithful person to talk to. Now, here's what I've learned. Um I have to be able to go to someone um, who has either conquered it or just so I I don't want to get with someone who's in the same situation as me. So I'm finding someone who um, can tell me maybe a leader or uh, someone who's walking in victory over it. And I'm going to them and I'm saying, hey, you got to pray for me. Um, there's been multiple times, 2.30, 3.30 in the morning, I've sent out a text saying, hey, I just I'm, I can't sleep. Uh, can you pray for me? And those people have always been faithful to call me in those moments. And you can tell they're sleeping, they're tired. And, <laughs> um, but finding those people um, uh, is so important. Because And here's the thing, they're everywhere. So my advice to those people is pray. Pray and say, God, who is that person? And it would not surprise me by the end of the day, God highlights that person for you to go and talk to you. Uh, we fight better together, right? Um, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, is if you want to kill giants, you got to hang out with giant killers. So that community part of it um, is important. Someone to oversee you, someone to pray for you, someone to be there just to talk to or just to listen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. We we fight better together. That's mm-hmm. so good. And and recognizing that you're not alone. I, I'm working on an upcoming teaching series on, on mental health. And uh, I wish I could quote for you where I found this, but I can't off the top of my head. But I read that over the course of a lifetime, one out of every two people will suffer with some form of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And at any given time, one out of every three teenagers is struggling with anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. And you see this at your events that mm-hmm. you preach at, just with the number of kids that you see yeah. that are brave enough to say that. Um, yeah, and I say that to just let people know they are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a saying here at Aldersgate, um, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that right. way. Right. And so... Um, can you speak to that for just a little yeah. bit in terms of people dealing with mental illness, um, anxiety, depression? Like, um, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be there in that place, but it's not okay to stay in that place. You alluded to that a little yeah. bit earlier. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, I, just going back to the whole Jesus wept uh, verse. Jesus wept, and he knew there's a resurrection fixing to happen. That blows my mind. He felt it in the moment. Um, I think it's okay to feel like so many times I think we feel like we have to bottle it down. And uh, this is a question uh, that I'm that I'm having. Is there a place in church for true joy? Mm-hmm. Because I can I can go to a lot of churches and there's not an ounce of joy. But if we're saying come to church, church will fix you. 
um, and they're coming to this, these joyless places. I think joy is just a, such a powerful uh, weapon that, that the church can have. But here's the thing. The church doesn't heal you. Jesus heals you. Yeah. And so uh, being able to go through it, um, this is what I always tell people. It always gets better. Mm. I'm my, This is when it happens in me. This is usually what happens whenever it, it, it comes on me and it's really hard for a couple days. Um, I understand this. It's going to get better. And so my prayer is I'm not feeling good today, but I'm going to feel better tomorrow. And if I wake up the next day and I'm still not feeling better, my prayer is I'm going to feel better I, I've because I've gone through it enough to know it ends. Mm-hmm. Like it really has an expiration date. Um, but understanding I'm going to go through it. Um, sometimes some things I do that help is I take it a day at a time. Or if it's really bad, I take it hours at a time thinking I've just got to make it to here and then we're going to start over. I'm going to make it to 12. Okay, I'm going to start over. Now I'm make it to three. Okay, I'm going to start over. Um, I used to do a thing. Um, a lot of people know Kobe Bryant was my my, my <laughs> hero, and so uh, no one ever knew why though. Um, and I so whenever Kobe passed, man, it it I was embarrassed at how much it messed me up. And uh, another part of this messed up year, yeah, right? 2020. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, but the reason I fell in love with Kobe so much was. Um, it was in those seasons where my depression was so hard, um, where I was suicidal and wanting just to end my life that my goal was if I can just make it to the next Kobe game, because mm-hmm. Kobe was always on TV. I um, mean, it was always late at night because they were on the West Coast. And so uh, my goal was, OK, if I can just make it to then, that was my goal. So I felt like whenever he passed, it just brought up some of those things. I was so thankful for, for, for that. Uh, but finding things like that, I used to get excited for the weather to change just finding something uh, to set a goal to get to. Mm. Um, movies, I'm a big, okay, what movie's coming out this week? And those aren't things that, I, like I said, those things don't heal you, but those things help you. Um, finding uh, ways to uh, not isolate, but to get out um, in some form. Now, I'm a big introvert as well, so it, it, it's it's hard, or it's uh um, enticing to really get in the turtle shell and just leave it alone. But knowing what it's like to get around people and you're, maybe you're not even talking about it, but getting out and, uh, understanding like it does have an expiration date. Mm. Oh, so good. So it's such good stuff. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot for a moment. If you, if you're okay with this and talk about the church's role here mm. in helping people with mental illness. Um, when you said earlier, talking about some churches, you can't find joy there. It may remind me of the church sign that I've seen that said, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think part of the reason, and I may be wrong about this, but you can write me if I'm wrong. I think part of the reason people are hesitant to seek help is because there's such a stigma around depression, anxiety, um, just mental illness in general. And I think sometimes people feel like the church is the last place they would go to find help for that because of the church's, um, oh, history, whether this is true or not, but just terms of um, judgmentalism and um, uh, judgment or criticism, you you know where I'm going Mm -hmm. with this. So what would you say to the church in terms of how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus or do what Jesus asked us to do with people who find them bound, people find themselves bound up in the oppression of anxiety and depression? Yeah. Um, I think honesty is just such 
an important value to have. And here's what I mean. Uh, I grew up in a church where we always did greeting time. And so, hey, turn to your neighbor, extend the right hand of Christian fellowship, which always confused me. Like, what was the left hand if the right side? So, but that was a time you'd just walk around, you shake hands, and and uh, you would always ask this question. You'd say, how are you? And the answer was always, oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And I was 14, 15, 16, starting to realize, like, wait a minute. Why is everyone fine? Like, I'm struggling. Like, I am, I am in a deep, dark uh, pit and but everyone else here is fine and so that was like okay either they are fine and I'm really more jacked up than I thought or they're liars mm. um, and then when I started I saw it modeled uh, a little better was when people were were honest and they're they don't feel like they have to put that that face or that mask on at church um, uh, they don't they can let their guard down and say man I'm struggling uh, I am struggling I think the importance of hearing the voice of God and just how encouraging it is when someone says, man, I was praying for you the other night. I just felt, I felt like God just wants you to know that he loves you. When we just start doing, instead of just coming and staying in our, in our seat and in our comfort, um, but really being honest with people. I mean, you can, you don't have to be prophetic to know someone's going through something. Lots of people, they don't hide it very well. You can look and say, man, something's off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever had a conversation, you were like, man, some, that, something's off there. Just getting with them and saying, hey, what can I do to help? Um, but I think, I think joy is so connected to the voice of God. That's why I love prophecy. I love giving words because I know that when he's speaking, things change. And so um, just being real, being real with people, I think the church could probably do a better job of that. Now, I, I don't think that we always, like I said, need to live there. But sometimes I want to hear a sermon about the valley, not the, the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. You know, we get those mountaintop sermons all the time. But sometimes like, what did you learn mm-hmm. in this season uh, of being in the valley of, of an honest struggle? Um, now, I'm, what I'm not saying is you get up there and like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with uh, cheating on my wife. You know, like that's not something you're, you know, so I think it comes from a place of victory, mm-hmm. but just being able to come and talk about it and be honest about it. Um, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And I, I think you're so right in the church. We're not very open with, um, one another. And, and, um, I, I'm, I'm reminded of James words that talk about, you know, healing coming through confession, but really mm-hmm. being honest with people about where we're at and how we feel. And, but again, your words of, we can't always live there. We've got yeah. to move through that. Yeah. It's, it's okay to not be okay, but we can't stay that right. way. Um, what, what would you say, uh, since we're talking about stigma, what, what would you say, um, to the stigma, uh, and, and we find this in the church sometimes because, well, God will heal you. God, you don't need, you know, how does God work through medicine mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get at. And what would your words be on that? Yeah. Like I said, I think sometimes, uh, the medicine is a miracle. Like I, I, um, there was a couple seasons where, um, I just had to be on, uh, some meds just to, to get my balance. You know, there's a whole science of being in balance and things like that. Um, I think there is the the there are a group of people that view that as you know you're not having faith, and I think that is just absolutely absurd. Um, I think that there is power in medicine. Uh, I think if you're responsible with it, right? Uh, you you've seen it handled bat poorly. So obviously, I'm not talking about that. But I think uh, I think sometimes, man, I go to a doctor who prays over me before he. Uh, 
like that's a rule like with me and him he said i'm gonna lay hands on you pray over you love my doctor um but i understand there is that stigma i just think um yeah i would i I prefer the miracle of yeah god healed me but guess what if that's not going to happen there are things that i think god has put in our society to help us with that um, but you know me, I'm the big, like, yeah, let me lay hands on you first. And that's why um, I love going to the doctor I go to because he's the same way. He's like, yeah. listen, I'm like, do I still have to pay you if I, if, <laughs> if I do get healed, you know? Um, but I think that, yeah, that there's, there's that group of people, but I think, uh, yeah, if you need it, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I've heard you say several times during this conversation, um, you text your wife and you know, she's going to pray for you or you're up at two or three o'clock in the morning. You text a friend, you know, they're going to pray for you. Um, just elaborate more for us on the power of prayer when it comes to healing mm. and especially healing with anxiety, depression, these kind of things. Yeah. I remember when I've, whenever I was really going through it, uh, we had just made the move from La Mesa to Big Spring and I'm, you know, I have, thankfully I have praying parents, right? I had praying grandparents. Um, I, I remember vividly one night, um, waking up and I heard something and I couldn't, um, you know, it's dark room. I'm looking around. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I looked on the ground and my mom was on her knees just weeping and praying over me. Um, and I can't tell you how many th- things that I was protected from because I had a praying mom, mm-hmm. how many things that uh, that could have happened, but I was protected by prayer. Um, and now I do the same thing with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, going in there, I usually wait till they, they're asleep and I just go in there and I just declare they're going to walk in protection and um, they're, they're, they have a destiny. They... Um, they have a purpose. Um, they're, they're the things that normal kids are going to struggle with. They're not. Now I understand they're going to have their struggles, but I want to be, I want them to understand, man, things were declared over you. Um, you know, uh, one of my kid kids may even have a demon right now. He's acting so strange, you know, so, 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 so he gets a little extra prayers, uh, in those seasons. Um, but yeah, pr- the whole, pr- like it's, it's just that communication with God and ha- watching how he intervenes, um, because of someone else's prayer for you. Mm-hmm. That's such a blessing. That's mm-hmm. such a powerful weapon. Yeah. And I think it's such a word for all of us in the church because sometimes um, our, our our natural inclination is, inclination is just to fix people. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps our biggest role is just praying for people yeah. um, and, and praying that God would do His work yeah. In, yeah. in people yeah. um, and not trying to be the counselor for mm-hmm. everyone, or I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a really tough question, and, and you can punt if you want to. But what what would you say um, to a to a parent who's been praying, or to a loved one who's been praying, and um, that loved one's suicide attempt was successful? Yeah. Uh, how do you? What would you say to that to that person? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, I think that there's there are some things um, I just don't understand. Mm. Um, Babies getting cancer, cancer. I don't get. I don't understand that. That that that's something that I have to go back into my prayer closet and say, God, why? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, certain people getting cancer and dying. I'm like, yeah, but why them? You know, we play that. Uh, yeah, someone uh, did commit suicide. Okay, well, okay. So why did um, Nathan get intervened and and my son didn't? Right. Um, Here's what I do. I, I don't understand that, but here's what I do. I do understand is God promises um, unexplainable joy in those in those situations. Um, uh, but unexplainable uh, joy 
requires me to not need an explanation. Um, and so there are times whenever, um, and it's so hard for me to speak on this because that wasn't my situation. So I don't want to come across as, as uh, irreverent or anything like that, but I know that, that there is joy in those situations, uh, that there are people surrounding those people, uh, that in those situations that, uh, that you, that you can go to, you can talk to you, but there, there's, there's joy in that situation. Um, uh, yeah, it's a hard one. It, it is I'm hard. Think, I mean, I'm gonna have to think about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate your honesty with it because I think sometimes the best answer is I just, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, um, and I think in those situations you could give the best biblical theological answer and it'd be a hundred percent perfect, but it doesn't, it, it's not going to change anything. No. Um, I think that's the importance of, you know, mourning with those who mourn. Um, you've been in a situation just like I have where you've had to go over to a house because uh, a student has died and there is that you're sitting with the family and everyone's weeping. It's not the time to be like, well, let me tell you, I've, you know, here's three points on joy. Yeah. Um, there is th- those, those situations. The only thing you can do is mourn. Yeah. The only thing you can do is sit and cry and hug and not try to explain Um, I think that there's a season for that maybe down the road where you're going to be able to say, Hey, like here, let me tell you this, but man, there's power in just knowing I'm here. Yeah. One of the reasons, um, we invited you in to share your story, Nathan, is because you, you are a preacher. Um, and now you're a pastor too, Mm. because we got to hear as a college pastor. Um, and I think sometimes people look at other people and go, well, they're immune from this, or certainly they don't struggle with this. Or And so, again, I just I really appreciate you being um, willing to share your story and your journey with this and your struggle with this, because I, I think it's important for us to know no one is immune from mm-hmm. this. I mean, it's just, um, it's again, one of those answers. We don't know mm-hmm. why some people struggle with this and some people don't. We know that we all struggle with different things. And unfortunately, this is just... It's like you said earlier, this is not, this never comes from God. This is of the devil mm-hmm. and we live in a broken world. And, um, so we deal with broken things yes, and sir. brokenness. But, um, well, what, what would you say, uh, to, to someone who may be listening and, um, they're at that place where you were at as, as a 13 year old boy, yeah. uh, what yeah. would you say to them? I just remember. So September 11th, remembering, uh, the feeling of, um, I wasn't important. I didn't know who I was. And so everything kind of changed. I think that's why I'm able to fight it better now because I know who I am. I didn't know who I was then. Um, but I remember uh, thinking my story was over. Now, I'm going to say something. This isn't to brag on me at all, um, but it's part of what I'm going to go back to. Um, in five years of traveling, I've been able to see over 3,000 students give their lives to Jesus. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about that is on September 11th, I thought my story was over, mm. but really inside me, I had 3000 other stories that needed to be told. Right. Wow. And so there's, there's something in, if I'm talking to that person, I'm telling them, Hey, there's something in you that you don't even know. Mm. Um, there's something within you. You have a gift. You have something in you that is valuable and that, uh, society needs, maybe the church needs, maybe businesses need, but there's something within you that's important and valuable. It always is going to get better. Um, I think of the story in Acts 16 with the jailer. Um, His one job was to keep everyone in the prison. And he woke up and thought everyone had left and he was going to kill himself. And uh, Paul says something in there. He says, uh, no, we're all here. And it says the next thing they did was the jailer turned the light on. Mm. I think for some of us, we've just been viewing some things in the dark. And 
some of us have not let the Holy Spirit come and light it up, uh, the Holy Spirit to come and expose some things. Um, but we're sitting in this dark cell thinking um, we're all alone and there's tons of people in there in there with us. You know, there's tons of people there, um, but there's something valuable in you. Um, don't throw it away. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there, we could, we could do a whole nother podcast on what you just talked about. I mean, just the, the jailer and the, and the cell. I mean, and, that, and that's the bottom line really is just bringing it into the light. And number one, first of all, I mean, Jesus is the light. We can't conquer this without Jesus. I mean, I'm sure you would amen that. Yeah. I mean, and, and second of all, we can't conquer it if we're not willing to, to bring it into the light and to talk to someone and let someone know where we're at. And, um, man, I, I would just encourage you, if you are listening uh, or watching and, and that is the place that you're in, um, man, just reach out to us. We'd, we'd love to visit with you, have a conversation with you. Uh, I know I'm offering Nathan up, but I know he would love yeah. to visit with you as well. And um, don't don't sit in that place, but please reach out to us and, and let us know. Um what what else? Uh, what else would you add? What anything? Last comments? Did you like to to talk about or throw out on the table? Or I just I just think there's just a place in church for joy. Uh, joy is such a powerful uh, gift, even in worship. You know, I don't know if you've ever uh, gone to services where you're like, you don't even believe what you're singing. Uh, you know, but just that, and I'm not talking about you have to, cause I've seen people jump and jump around too. And, and they're just, uh, yeah. and so, but true joy, um, is found in Jesus. Mm. Um, I'm not against happiness. There's tons of things that make me happy. I'm so thankful for happiness, but happiness fades so quick, especially when you're wired like I am. Um, it's always the next thing, uh, the next getting the next thing or going to the next stage or doing the next thing that that's, that's the pursuit of happiness. Um, but joy is a person and he lives in you. Um, he's in the storm with you, right? He, he, uh, didn't send them to a storm by themselves here. Here he comes walking on the water, right? He's in the valley of death with you. Mm -hmm. Um, understanding that Jesus feels like we have so thankful that we serve a God that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, understand how I'm feeling. He, he's in it with me. Um, but that's the, I think the big, big takeaway and what I go back to when I go through those seasons. Now, like I said, I I don't struggle with it anymore. I fight it. And I think there's a big difference. I've learned how to fight. I've learned um, those things to do to help me get through it. Um, but man, understanding that we serve a God that's there with us. Mm. That is my biggest takeaway. And the reason why I know I can get through it is because he's with me. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Nathan, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us and sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, man, there's so, <laughs> there's so much you laid out on the table today. So many nuggets. Like I said, we could probably have three or four more podcasts hmm. just taking a nugget or two that you said. But um, so many things. And I, I know, again, like I said, um, the seeds you planted here today are gonna they're gonna sprout and grow in a lot of people's lives and uh, again i just i want to make a plea to anybody who's listening or watching uh man if you are struggling with anxiety depression any other form of mental illness uh, anything for that regard uh, don't don't keep it to yourself uh, reach out let someone know talk to someone let us know uh, we'd love to visit with you uh, about that and um We'd love to be a church that helps you find joy as well. Find that person of Jesus and, and, uh, and joy in that and, and what that means. And so please reach out to us if, if you need to. And um, 
Uh, with that, um, we'll, we'll close this podcast. So again, Nathan, thank you so much. Uh, man, we are so blessed to have you on board as staff here and uh, uh, want to continue to pray and uplift your, your ministry as well. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, uh, everything that's expressed here doesn't necessarily mean that's what I believe or what the church here believes, but um, we do believe in joy, and we do yeah. believe in the person Jesus that brings us joy, and uh, believe the church should be a place of joy. And um, and uh, uh, just want to remind you, too, as we sign off, that and we may not all think alike, but we can all love alike. And so until next time.